Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cool Mom 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily Kylo, and I'm so, so excited to have you listening to this episode. It is a freaking good one, and if anyone is in the market for a career change and knows they need to stand out in a crowded market, this is the episode for you. So before we get to today's episode, I want to remind everyone to make sure they've gone ahead and grabbed the Confidence Bundle. If you haven't, I don't know what you're waiting for. It really gives you all the tools you need to build that confidence day by day. Really, those actions you take are what is going to help you build that confidence and confidence as as you all know by now, is what is really going to get you where you want to go. So I'm really your confidence fairy godmother, and I gave you this simple solution of the Confidence Starter Bundle to really give you that toolkit to build your confidence and start living your purpose. So head over to bit.ly slash confidence starter bundle and get all the good deets and get your little cute hands on the Confidence Starter Bundle. So for today's episode, episode 69, I'm joined by Jenna, the CEO of Own the Interview. And we talk about so many incredible things around career development and standing out in a crowded market. So today's lessons include her career journey into development and HR. So how that really all came about. And she's worked for some incredible companies, sports teams and Lululemon, just to name a couple. We also talk about how she's continued to follow her passions outside of motherhood and why that's important. We talk about what she's noticing in the career market right now as a result of COVID. Also, we talk about her top tips for standing out in the job market and the biggest interview tips and downfalls that she has for you. So I hope you love this episode and please send it along to anyone you know who would get a lot from this and bonus points when you tag me on Instagram. I love you for it. Okay, let's get to episode 69 featuring Jenna from Own the Interview. Welcome to the show, Jenna. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so happy. Me too. Jenna and I were just talking that we haven't spoken to each other, you know, kind of face to face, even though this is on Zoom in probably, I don't know, six years, something like that. Totally. (laughs) So it's really nice to connect. Same. I agree. Okay. Let's get right into the mom fashions. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What's the best part of being a mom? Uh, The best part about being a mom for me is like being able to raise. So I just had a, a second baby as you know, but thinking about like getting to influence a little person and like raise them is so gratifying. I would have to say that's the best thing is being able to see like what Josh and I, you know, how we spend our time with her or both of them soon to be, and then watching them grow is the best part. Yeah, sure. I love that part too. Mm -hmm. 
Switching gears here, what is the hardest lesson you've learned so far as a mom? I'm sure many, but... Many. (laughs) The one that keeps repeating, it's like the lesson that keeps showing up and I know it through and through, but I just have not learned from it yet, which is asking for help is the Ah. biggest, biggest lesson that I've learned. I think it's a little bit easier already this time around having a second because asking for help is going to impact my daughter Miller's experience if I don't ask for help, right? So thinking about it from that perspective, I'm like, okay, I really want her to still be like taken care of and get to do the things that we would normally do and have like um, as much consistency as possible. So it makes it easier for me to reach out and ask for things. Whereas the first time around, it was like, I made it all about me and trying to uh, be like, perfect and have all my ducks in a row and I's dotted and T's crossed. And it was exhausting. Yes. And that resonates with me completely. I think we have a similar like high achieving type Mm -hmm. of personality. And I think when people similar to us become moms, especially (laughs) I had this idea, I think I've been reflecting on it recently. I had this idea that I was a failure if I had to ask for too much help or Mm -hmm. I was a failure if I got postpartum depression or I had these ideas in my head that now just seem frankly ridiculous (laughs) and I have empathy for myself because at that time I really felt that but yeah Yeah. I, I really thought that asking for help I equated that with failing Mm -hmm. which is wild it's so wild and I think that I think that like, I I really appreciate what you're saying about like giving yourself grace and having empathy with yourself at that time. And for, for me, like I, I can see it so clearly and I know it's happening, but I still can't, like, I still, I'm not ready to like move through it yet or something like that. I'm like, I know it's happening. I know what I'm doing. I can logically make sense of like the fact that I might not be asking for help, but I still, I still don't do it all the time, which is so, so bad. So it's definitely, it's, it's a habit I need to break. Um, and it's like, it shows up, I think, like s- secretly. It's like the obvious things like, oh, I need you to take Miller to swimming lessons or can you like pick this up from the store for us? Like, oh yeah, that, that maybe before I would never even do. And now it's like, I know we're going to talk um, maybe later about like making time for yourself and things like that. But that's probably where it shows up the most now for me and not asking for help is it's because like I'm not wanting to feel like selfish to make time for myself. Like I should be doing this instead of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I will admit, I even still struggle with that exact thing sometimes Mm -hmm. in that I'm totally easy to ask for help, say, if I'm trying to do some extra work at night. Yes. But like you said, like I'll no problem asking Mario, like, hey, babe, can you watch Leo? I have to do this thing for work. But I still feel this tinge of guilt if I'm like, hey, babe, I need to lie down for 30 minutes and yes. fucking nothing. Yes. Why is that so difficult? I don't know. I don't have the I answer know. on that. No. I think, I think I would challenge maybe both of us to, yeah, maybe start small and just do it and just see what happens because mm-hmm. life will go on and we'll exactly. probably feel better. <laughs> and be better humans all around for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Jenna, what is your daily ritual? You might not have too much of one right now. Yeah. Are there, <laughs> are there any things that even now with a, how old is your new baby? She's right 17 days old. So small. I can't even believe I, I don't even think I could string together three words at that time <laughs> with my first. So you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have any little things that you're still able to do right now that kind of help keep you grounded? Yeah. So I, so before having this second babe, I would every day, like waking up pretty early, like I'm an early riser at like five. I find that I'm most creative and I have a lot of inspiration when I wake up in the morning. So it's hard for me to like wake up and just rest. I want to get into things right away. And it's quiet in the house because Josh is still sleeping and Miller is still sleeping. This baby, yeah, this touch and go. We'll see what happens here. (laughs) So that's when I would like, I'll get up, I'll have some water, always um, have a glass of water in the morning and then just like get into things right away, which is usually like looking at on the interview stuff, especially while I was working still um, in my nine to five job, like post mat leave, the morning chunk was when I would get things done. And it worked out for me because that's again, when I had like the most inspiration and stuff like that. So that is definitely a morning ritual for me. And I've, I've, it's been touch and go for this last little bit. And it is what it is. That's fine. I'll get back to it. Yeah. It'll come. That's the thing. It will come. <laughs> and it's fine. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. I'll find other time during my day at some point. Totally. But I do think that's important to, I think with a lot of moms and this is a bit my personality maybe, but sometimes I'm very all or nothing. And I definitely have learned that mm-hmm. even if you get five minutes to sit in the morning with your glass of water and sit in the sunshine, like yes. that's great. Take mm-hmm. that and roll with it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You don't always have 30 minutes to do your meditation, mm-hmm. but you don't need no. it necessarily. So yes, it's something I've been learning. <laughs> Take it where you can, mama. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> What are you most grateful for in your life right now? My health and my family's health. Like, I think even before COVID, this is going to like, this may sound a little bit morbid, but morbid, sorry. Um, I think with Josh's parents getting older and my parents getting older naturally, like the conversations that we're having are like, what do we want to do with the last like 20 years of our life? Which is like, so it's crazy to think about. And I think like up until my thirties, I would never, ever, ever consider having these, like thinking about life that way. So when I, so being in these conversations with our parents, I naturally, I'm just like, I'm so happy for our health that we get to spend time together. My parents live in Ontario. I haven't seen them. haven't seen my dad since last August. I haven't seen my mom since December, 2019, which is crazy. They're coming out next week. Um, yes. I'm so excited for them to just like see Miller as a four-year-old and spend time with her. And then obviously Drew, but, um, yeah, health and being able to FaceTime and just like having the communication and the technology to do that. I am so grateful for that. Absolutely. Like, can you imagine if this pandemic was like, I don't know, in the two thousands, like the early two (laughs) thousands, like what would we say? Like, was there, I feel like there was like Skype at that point. I don't even know, pre that stuff. Yeah. No No. video chat, like bless the video chat. Bless the video chat. A lot of um, teleconferencing, I guess would be happening. Like, yeah. 
I don't know, like the, the, the <laughs> operator telephone conference call things. I'm like, I don't know. It would not it be would, a vibe. It would not be a vibe. It would be very challenging. We yeah. would all be going to work still, I would think, right? Unless, unless people just like, people being the technology wizards out there, just like sped things up, perhaps. True. Things could happen faster. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenna, what's your why for your life? So what gets you up in the morning, excited to create all the things you're creating, to lead the life you're living, mm-hmm. spend the time with your family, all that good stuff? What's your why? I just It's similar to what we have t- touched on in that I want to experience like Everything that life has to offer, we live for a long time, but a short time. We're here for, you know, what is it? what's the like? I'm really I always screw up quotes and stuff like that. We're here for a good time, not a long time. You got it. Okay, nailed it. I truly believe in that, and so I really just want to like get the most out of life and have as many experiences as possible. And you know, like. I, I would like the majority of them to be positive, positive experiences. And there's so much learning and growth from, from failures and things that are hard in life. So I appreciate those moments, of course, as well. But yeah, I just think about like all the things that I want to see and do in this world. And I'm like, I, I like selfishly, I'm, I'm going to make sure that all of those things happen. As you should. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. So I'd love to start with a bit about your background, just to get us situated for anyone who doesn't know Jenny yet. So a little bit about where you grew up, how you grew up, and what your kind of early life was like. Yes. So I grew up in Ontario in a small town called Waterdown, which is, if you're familiar with Ontario, it's between Burlington and Hamilton. And this small, it's, it's grown so much since my childhood, but like you would get stuck behind a tractor, like driving down the street. That, that was a thing you, that would happen. <laughs> so yeah. So grew up in a very, very small town and I always had like a itch for like traveling and, and being outside of that small town. And I, I, I love it. And that's my favorite place to go and visit truly because that's where my family and everybody is. I have two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother. Um, and my parents happily married for this going to be their 40th anniversary this August, which is crazy. And just like had family around all the time. Like my parents would always host um, my cousins and my grandparents over at our house for all the like big things or in the summertime for barbecues and stuff like that. As it like my childhood and how it pertains to like what I'm doing right now, I always had a job. Like my first job was at Tim Hortons. I I have not not had a job since that Tim Hortons job that I got when I was like 12 or 13. Making six dollars and forty cents. An no, hour. that is so wild. It's so funny to think about. And I remember getting a raise after like a, a year and a bit to six fifty five. Fifteen cents. I'm like, this is insane that like it was a, a fifteen cents raise. Like, yeah, thank you so much. But <laughs> um, yeah, I always had a job. I always like 
was interviewing and I, any interview that I did up until like, er, like university, I would say I got the job in the interview. So that was like my claim to fame that I'm like, I'm so good at interviewing. I can get any job that I walk into. Um, and then I've, I've learned a lot since when I was interviewing for like more high pressure roles in my life, things changed, but yeah. That, that's how I would spend my time. I grew up playing ice hockey and being involved in sports and always, always uh, working with like a team and like in that team environment. Mm-hmm. It sounds like quite an idyllic yeah. childhood. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, I really can't complain at all. There's like nothing that I would say that was like traumatic or anything like very, very privileged uh, lifestyle and like just life growing up for sure. And so Canadian, like small town and then played hockey. I love it. Tim Hortons <laughs> played hockey. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So I'd love to hear now, Jenna, what kind of happened in that in-between time. So maybe that time from graduating high school and yeah. moving into your career. So your early career. And then I'd love to hear how you came to found Own the Interview. Yes. Okay. So... In university, I was interning. I was interning with sports teams because I, my goal was I'm going to be the PR rep for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was my goal of what I wanted to do. So I went to school for sport management, and I was always interning with teams throughout university so that I was gaining that experience, which I highly recommend to anybody out there. Like internships are like such a good thing to have on your resume and to get to gain experience. So, so did that. And I would say like a life changing decision for me was I went to Australia in my last year of university and like in Ontario, at least you're supposed, you're supposed to go in your third year on exchange. And I, I missed it, but I, I realized I wanted to do it. So they figured it out for me to be able to go on my fourth year so there was like some debate around it. My mom wasn't like too keen on me going. I had a like a boyfriend at the time who wasn't like, yeah, who didn't really want me to go either. But I ended up going. And while I was there, I interned with a sports team, a rugby team while I was there. And, um, and just like was away from home. It was the first time that I had like gone far away from home, um, away from like family and friends and all that kind of stuff. And while I was there, there was a job that, uh, an internship that got posted for the Vancouver Olympics. And I had never been to Vancouver before. And I ended up applying for it. And I interviewed with Emily's brother-in-law and they, they took me on. So I ended up uh, working for the Olympics. And during that time, oh gosh, I, I have so many lessons <laughs> over the, those two years, two and a bit years. And uh, that kind of like kickstarted my, my true career. So while I was interning though for the Vancouver Olympics, it was like a four month stint with Am- Emily's brother-in-law, like I was saying. And he gave me some advice saying, I can't, he was like maybe early thirties at the time. And he had said something about like, I've never led people up until this point. And if I can give you any advice, it would be leading people sooner in your career so that you can gain that experience. And I, that was the, honestly the best advice that I've ever gotten um, for my career because it led me to choosing a department to apply for 
at the Olympics to gain that experience. And then I've been a people leader since then. And it's my favorite thing. Like it's where I, I have goosebumps talking about it. It's like what makes my heart so happy and fills my cup is leading people and seeing them grow and develop and um, supporting people coaching and just like watching them grow similar to what I shared about, like what makes me so um, happy and um, the best part about being mm -hmm. a parent. It's like the same thing about coaching and supporting people grow in their career is what I'm so passionate about. So, so yeah, so, so did that. And then that evolved into working at Lululemon and um, now working at Sage, obviously being on Matley and what during those times I've interviewed a lot of different people and what I noticed was that people would interview and I knew that they had such solid experience and then they weren't able to convey it in the interview. I'm like, oh, I work alongside this person almost every day and right now they're not showing up the way that I see them and not, they're just not conveying their experience well. And there are times too, when I look back to my interviews that I've had that I've really failed and looking at them, I'm like, yes, I've, I also have not had the best interviews over the years. And it all comes down to preparation truly. And like the amount of time that you spend really like reflecting on your experiences. And that just gave me a, like a light bulb moment of, I think there's an opportunity to support more people in this area of um, their career. And so that sparked on the interview. So cool. I love mm -hmm. hearing that. And in case anyone doesn't know who's listening, they probably don't because it was a long time ago, but Jenna was my manager at one point. So when I first started working at Lululemon, I was working at the store in West Vancouver and Jenna is such an incredible people mm -hmm. leader. <laughs> That's what you termed it, but you're so incredible at it. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw you were starting this business, I was like, this makes so much sense because you are so passionate about it. Like it shows so clearly through mm -hmm. and you're also really talented at it. And I think that's like the <laughs> alchemy that you want though, right? Is you want 100%. that love for it, but also right. That talent and ability for it. And I think you've really found that alchemy, which is so cool. <laughs> I love seeing that. And I wanted to know from you, what is your advice for people who maybe haven't found that type mm -hmm. of alchemy yet? So that idea of finding something, because you've led so many people over the years, and I'm sure you've seen people in jobs where you're like, ooh, this isn't really using all your strengths. Mm -hmm. So what would you advise people who maybe are in that position where they don't quite feel like they're in the right career or they even haven't found one of those passions yet? Mm -hmm. What would your advice be to them? Uh, my advice is to try new things all of the time and always be like, I, I had this thought at one point, I'm sure that I'm more than me have had this thought, but I was like, I might be really good at this is playing the accordion, but I've never actually tried the accordion. So if I've never tried it, how will I ever know if I'm like, should be on like a world tour of playing an accordion? <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. why I thought about an accordion, but like, I, but I've like had the thought of like other things before. So it, I always faulted myself earlier in my career of switching jobs all the time. Like I've interviewed so many times, right? Okay. So it's like, oh, I'm such like, this is so bad. Like, why do I always want to switch? But it was, 
I had to make those switches in order to find out like what truly lit me up and like what I was passionate about. So going back to what's the advice is like to just try things and um, don't make meaning out of wanting to like switch a job or like move on if you're, if it's not feeling right. And my dad gave me advice when I was little, actually it was like a rule. It was like, you're not allowed to quit a job until you have another job. So I would say that is definitely a philosophy that I live by. Like I would never quit a job without having something else lined up, but to always be like searching, I think is okay to always be like looking for like what is going to make you happy. And it's so like, it's so important to, we spend way more time with the people that we work with than we do our families. In most cases, if you're an entrepreneur and you've like, and you've made it work for yourself that you're working 10 hours a week or whatever that might look like for you, then it might look a little bit different. But for people who are definitely working in the corporate world or, you know, have a nine to five or an eight to two or six to two or whatever it is. um, Yeah. You work with the people you live, you live and spend the time with the people that you work with the most. So you definitely want to be happy doing what you're doing and who you're doing it with. So Absolutely. I love that advice. Very long winded right now. No, sorry. (laughs) It's great advice. No, no, no. You did. You gave great advice because it's something I used to feel really almost like embarrassed about the fact that I did want to try new things. And I mean, you know me a little bit from when I was younger, but I would be bored at every job I had after a very short amount of time. I was like, you're a true entrepreneur. You need to work for yourself a long time ago. (laughs) I know. And I do talk about this in terms of like my story and my journey and that I always knew, but I was too scared to really do it. I I don't, I don't love people telling me what to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) first of all. And I love just being able to do what I want and do it my way. Yeah. So it is, I'm like a very true entrepreneur. I'm like, well, why don't I just do it my way? and try it and see what totally. happens. So, yeah. and, and I like taking risks. You need to be a little bit of a risk taker if you want to be an entrepreneur and that's sure. fine by me. But before that, and I do think it's all worked out well for me, but before that, I definitely took a bit of that philosophy mm-hmm. of trying out new things and seeing if I liked it. Because it's like you said, how will you know? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to know? And the other thing I wanted to say that just kind of reminded me of something I did was, I was really curious about sports marketing. Mm-hmm. So something I did was I took a like a non-marketing related part-time job at the Whitecaps to see if I liked it, right? Do I like being in this environment? Do I like the people? Yes. So I think that was really helpful too because I had my like nine to five PR job mm-hmm. and then I would work, I was like a VIP host at the games. And so it was a perfect way for me to just kind of dip my toes in. And for me, I realized totally for me, I was like, I actually don't want to be working every game. Right. Like, and that was what my life would be. So it was perfect. So I think to your point of maybe it's an internship, maybe like I said, you can do something kind of part-time, like just dip your toes in and see. And I think you'll realize really quickly, oh, this is for me or this is not. And that's what happened for me. I was like, oh, that's a no, but great. I love that so much. I I also think that everything that you say yes to like adds to your resume, your portfolio, your experience. There's things that you learned being a VIP host for the Whitecaps that you probably bring into your day to day. It could be something small. It could be something like a very like, you know, a lightning, uh, a light bulb moment for you or whatever. But 
that's the other thing is like, take a step forward instead of like thinking and like getting, like talking yourself out of it, just like go and do it. Totally. If it doesn't work out, what's the worst that can happen? Same with like when people are nervous about switching jobs. I'm like, truly, what is the worst that can happen? You quit, leave on a good note. Maybe you end up back at that organization or like going back to whatever it was. But you know, for us, we're like, oh yeah, whatever risk. It's all good. You'll, you'll figure it out. But like truly, if, if we could pass that, I'm sure onto other people, it's like, just what is the worst that could happen? You'll get a job, go get a job, uh, an hourly job somewhere. If you had to, if you needed to make money, it, the jobs are available. Might not be the job that you want in the moment, but jobs are available for you to do. So if you had to do something that you don't love for a little bit to get to a place where you do like you're on cloud nine every day, like it's, it's worth taking the risk to try and see. Absolutely. And, and like we said, we're both more of the, you know, risk takers and most people who listen to this are entrepreneurs in one way, shape or form, or might want to be. Mm -hmm. And I will share too that I of course was a little worried about going fully into my own businesses versus working for someone else. Um, and it's not for everyone. I'll say that too. It's not for everyone. And I thought that exact thing. I was like, the worst case scenario here is I try to do something I really love. I either it works or I fail. If I fail, I will find another nine to five in Mm -hmm. corporate PR. Like it's, it really, that would be the worst case scenario for me, quote unquote, right? So I love that advice and it's a good thing to keep in mind for anyone who's thinking maybe to switch careers, switch jobs, thinking in that term of like, what is actually the worst case scenario here? Yeah, Probably not that bad. No. (laughs) I'd love to talk a little bit about the job market that you've kind of seen around COVID. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's this notion that, oh, because it's COVID had happened, there's no jobs. But then I was seeing people always getting hired. So I just am (laughs) curious, like what you, have you noticed anything, any changes around COVID? Totally. So uh, to your point, people with COVID, I was reading an article yesterday, the day before, and it was, they're calling it, there's like a term for it. It's like, career again career it's like armageddon but like for careers i'm pretty sure that's right. what it was coined anyways basically that people are quitting their jobs like more than ever right now because they've had time to reflect during the pandemic on what it is they want so with all these people quitting more and more people like jobs are opening up so there's more job openings for people to apply to so for sure for sure the market is still i would say hot to a certain extent for hiring. It is more competitive though, because you have all these people now realizing what it is they want. So there's more people applying for jobs and maybe people who are overqualified for their jobs are applying. So then when it comes to a position being posted, they, there's like the creme de la creme are applying for a job that maybe they're overqualified for, but that's they want to work in that field because that's what makes them happy kind of thing. So it definitely is more competitive right now, but there are jobs available. So I I definitely see that for sure. My advice for people then right now in this market is you do need to go out and gain more experiences because you are competing against people who 
may have more experience than you. So going and like leveling up your skill set in certain areas, maybe you do like, let's say there's a job within your company that you want, you might actually need to leave the organization, go work somewhere else to get more experience to then come back to the organization that you're working at to have the experience that your organization is looking for. You might need to go and take some courses at school, internships, volunteering. Like it's really important that you don't just like ride on your coattails of your past experience. Something that I see from resumes that come in. So every coaching call that I have with clients about interviewing, I also look at their resume and offer some tips and outdated experience. So like people putting stuff from like 2008. It's like that, that was really great that you volunteered in 2008, but it's not relevant anymore. You need to go get new experience. Totally. And I, I was always someone when I was applying for jobs, I always really focused on the most recent and of course like relevant. So if it didn't fall into those buckets, I was like too bad. So sad. Not really a point in talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that, um, that, that is a question that comes up from people is like, how far back can I talk about my experience? You can talk about your experience from 10 years ago. You, like you can reference it, but then you need to tie it back to something that's relevant today. So 10 years ago is when I first learned how to lead people. And I had a really big learning around blah, blah, blah. And I apply it to my jobs today. This is how. So you can talk about it, but it's like, you, you can't lean on that as being the experience because to your point, it's not relevant anymore. Right. So the, the tip there is really to make it relevant. And also, as you were kind of alluding, like making sure that you do have that more recent and relevant experience to reference as well. Yes, yeah, 100%. So as such an expert in the interview realm that you are, of course, how many interviews do you think you've done? Could you ballpark? Oh my gosh. I would have, I was just thinking that as we we're talking, I'm like, I bet she's done hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. Like, if not in thousands, t- like, I, yeah. like maybe like early thousands, <laughs> early, <laughs> thousands. early thousands. Love I that. really think it is. Yeah. So you're such an expert at it. I'd love to hear from you. What are the maybe we'll go both sides of this coin. So what are the, you know, the best things you see in interviews that really draw people to you and make you think, okay, yes, they can do this role. And Mm -hmm. then the flip side, what are those biggest kind of pitfalls, those downsides that you see that you're like, oh, come on. Like, I wish you wouldn't do that, but I'd love to hear those. The best interviews are people who have prepared and like, no, there's like, they've truly gone and looked at the position description, the company, they've done their homework. So they show up like what we just talked about is like speaking about relevant experiences that are going to support them in doing the job. It is important that you as a candidate are interviewing the interviewer. Do I want to work at this organization? That of course is important, but what's more important if, if this is the job that you really want is selling the interviewer that you are the best candidate for the position. So it's not about like what the organization can do for you. It's about what can you do for the organization. So people who speak from that place in their interviews, it's always the best. And then the pitfalls are like the complete opposite of that is just people showing up unprepared and just 
just talking, like talking about their career, but not speaking to the relevancy of why, what is going to make you the best person for this job? What are you going to do for the organization that candidates C, D, and E are not going to do? That's where I see people mess up the Mm, most. Totally. And I always feel like something that's that I used to do to prepare is really come up with what I thought they might ask me mm-hmm. and examples. Because yes. any good storyteller knows like you need examples. Yes. So I'm sure you coach your clients on that is like finding what those examples are. And sometimes that's actually really hard. And I think that's where yes. someone like you comes in yes. where you have all this experience, but you know, if someone asks you, I'll give a basic question, like, when have you overcome a challenge in, in leading someone, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have a few good examples to draw from right off the top of your head, then you end up kind of just saying, well, it's very general, like you said. Yes. And that's not going to make you stand out from candidates B, C, D, E to a thousand. Like the, sometimes yes. there's 500 candidates or more, right? Yes, totally. So I think that that is so important. And I'm sure that's something that you really coach your clients on is specific examples. So my, uh, the best piece of advice I think that I could give in that area is look at the job posting and highlight where you see, uh, skills, ability, and experience that are like really standing out that you, that they're asking for from the candidate. And then think about, okay, what could a question be that they ask around that? And then go think about your experience and start writing out examples of different areas of your career that you've had those experiences. And that will definitely support in speaking relevant and uh, having clear examples, or at least get you on the right foot to having clear examples. But that, that's where I would start for people when they're thinking about what questions could be asked. Awesome. I love that. So Jenna, before we get into the lightning round, (laughs) I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast and really acknowledge you for the incredible way that you develop and lead people as I really think you have probably influenced more lives than you realize with (laughs) the way that you can connect people and see the strengths in them. And I know you definitely influenced me in that way. So I'm very grateful to you. And I'm (laughs) sure though, there's like hundreds of people you've influenced. I wanted to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. But it's really, it's true. So I wanted to acknowledge you for that. (laughs) So let's get into the lightning round. Your current favorite book, podcast, could be an Instagram account that really inspires you. Amy Porterfield, who is like, you do you know Amy Porterfield? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So she is an entrepreneur who teaches people how to course build. And so I've recently launched a course um, for on the interview to support people in their interview preparation. And her podcast is gold. Like she offers so much value and tips. So anytime that I'm driving, I'm listening to whatever she's put out there, especially right now as I've just like come through creating that course. Oh, amazing. Morning beverage of choice. Usually it's coffee and I've been really into orange pico tea with milk and a little bit of sugar, which is something that I grew up drinking all the time. And I've just like come around to it again, just in this (laughs) last few weeks. So that's what's in my mug right now. Mm, Love a good tea moment. Yes. (laughs) 
What's your favorite thing to do with child-free time? Uh, go out for nice dinners. Mm-hmm. I love going out for dinner so much and just like seeing different restaurants. I haven't done this in a very long time. One of my favorite restaurants right now though is, oh, what's it called? It's in Kitsilano and it's owned by the people of Nook and it's a, oh. uh, it's, something fish I feel like it's called I didn't know that they owned another place well yes check that out it's right by the Lululemon office actually ah I can't think of the name of it anyways it is incredible if you know if anybody's listening and lives in Vancouver go to it's on the corner kitty corner to be fresh the grocery Mm. store okay I'm gonna have to check that out Mm -hmm. favorite place you've traveled I haven't traveled to a ton of places, but a few years ago, I went to Italy and got to experience Tuscany, and that was amazing. It's so beautiful there, and the food, like everything that everyone says about it is true, (laughs) so that is definitely, but I was joking around with my husband this morning about this question, and I was like, I really just love traveling in America. I'm not going to lie. I love the U.S. (laughs) You know what? I'm a, I'm a huge Miami fan. I yes, love Miami and I love LA, but I have quite a few US cities. Like I always have a US list of places I want to go. And next yes. is, um, I'm really interested in Boston yes, and New York. Too. I haven't, I haven't been that <gasps> way yet. I know, but I'm like a very like beach, that type of vibe usually. So yes. like, I love, but I love Miami. Like it's one of my favorite cities and it's in the yes. US. I, I've I never been that. there. I need to go. <gasps> the restaurants yes. are so good. I know you like a good restaurant. Yes. And then there's okay. Spanish music everywhere and there's beaches and it's Lux. I just love it there. <laughs> yeah, I need to go. And then they have all the sports oh, teams, gosh. which is always important to me too. Yes. Go watch an NBA game. It's like all the things. <laughs> all the things. Um, before we get to the final question, I want to make sure everyone knows where to go follow you and where we can check out your course. Awesome. So my website is on the and all of the details around. Um, I have a ton of free resources on the blog and just suggestions and advice and freebies and things like that. So you'll find that at on the And then in terms of Instagram, it's at on the interview amazing. I can't wait for everyone to connect with you. And if you are ready to look for a new job or in that zone, I would highly recommend checking out her course because it'll give you all those tools you need to really succeed in the interview, which is a huge deal because like we said, there's always a lot of candidates Mm -hmm. for those high level positions. Got to stand out. Competition is high. Uh Uh-huh. So final question, my thing that I love teaching about and supporting people in is building confidence because I think confidence is what makes you show up in that interview really well too. If you don't have that confidence, it's not going to happen for you. So I'd love to hear what does confidence mean to you? Confidence to me is self-awareness. I think the key to confidence is self-awareness maybe is what I want to say. So being able to recognize like where your faults are and where your strengths are and being open and honest about it is what will lead to stronger confidence. So that's what I would say is Mm. confidence to me. Great answer. Thank (laughs) you again so much, Jenna. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.